following sermon was delivered at the 1030 worship service at the United Methodist Church of Kent. Please enjoy. As far back as I can remember, Thanksgiving has always been a family celebration. I remember 30 plus family members gathering at our house for fellowship and fun many years ago. At the beginning of the actual meal, a scripture was read and a prayer was said. It was a good time and, and I treasure those memories. I suspect that most listening today can share some kind of pleasant memories as well. In one way or another, we reflected on the highs and lows of the past year and celebrated the fact that we were together again. Much the same will be occurring this coming Thursday. Another element of those moments is thankfulness for our country and some of the basic principles upon which its founding is based. There is, of course, controversy that has followed this, this practice as well. Some of the truly original settlers might view it a little differently. Not to diminish how Thanksgiving is observed today, I want to add another important dimension. I am inspired by the words of Abraham Lincoln as he proclaimed in the context of the Civil War, thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And then he had urged Americans to, to be with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, to fervently implore, implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation. A spiritual dimension was included in this very first proclamation when Lincoln declared a Thanksgiving Day to be celebrated once every November. So I want to lift up a concept of Thanksgiving that has spiritual ramifications. Sometimes we might find them easy to ignore. That's certainly been true for me. So let's let the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Colossians guide us today. The Colossians were citizens in the city of Colossae. Colossae was located in what was known as Asia Minor, but is now Turkey. As in many cities those days, there was a confluence of many religions. Gnosticism, Jewish mysticism were but a few, and many of them toyed with some Christian principles, but then perverted them to lead followers of Christ astray. The Apostle Paul learned of this while he was in prison, and from there he wrote a letter. He encouraged Christians there to stay firm in their faith. He knew some were wavering, and his letter is full of encouragement. And one of his primary themes was thanksgiving. We find this in several passages that were just reheard, but some before and after this actual section as well. My purpose this morning is to lift up some of the reasons Paul was thankful, and then transfer those reasons to our own daily lives. We will look at the importance of creation, reconciliation, and the place Christ continues to be here with us. In verses 15 through 16, we read that Christ is the image of the invisible God. In him, all things in heaven and on earth were created. All things have been created, have been created through him and for him. In him, all things hold together. 
What a glorious thing. We are thankful for our own lives, for the lives around us, for the communities in which we live, and for this earth, for the life in plants and animals and the oceans, the mountains and the plains, the forest. God is the source of all. Recent news articles have made us, me, aware of what astronomers call the pillars of creation. It is where young stars are formed. I never heard of that before. I never knew such a place even existed. Newspapers tell us, tell us it is where God's, where cool interstellar hydrogen gas and dust become incubators for new stars. Oh yes, and if we want to try to see this, this great set of pillars, we really can't without a $10 billion telescope. As we look at pictures of the pillars, one cannot help but ask, how did this all happen? The Apostle Paul has the answer. In God, all things in heaven and earth were created. As a child, I remember lying in the grass on a clear night, looking up into the sky with a few friends, and one of them wondered, when they looked at the stars, what's on the other side of those stars? Well, today, I could answer why it's the pillars of creation. But I suspect he would then ask, well, what's beyond those pillars? God's creation just goes on and on. The next time we look up into the sky on a clear night, we have no choice but to say, thank you, God. A truly very authentic way to think of thanksgiving. And oh, yes, it's the same God who created that lightning bug that flies right in front of us as well. And we also demonstrate our thanksgiving not just with our words, by the way, but by the way we care for God's earth upon which we walk each day. We must not only pray with our words, but with our actions. The way we take care of water, land, sky, soil, plants can be an act of thanksgiving in and of itself. And then Paul expresses thanksgiving for reconciliation. Through Christ, Paul writes, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven. And again, and you who were once estranged and hostile, he, meaning Christ, has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless. Paul makes this even more specific in, in the third chapter, beginning with verse 11. There, he has said in example to this, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is one and all. Scythians, by the way, had immigrated into the Middle East in the beginning of the 8th century BC. Biblical writers had viewed them as a savage and cruel people. The memory of their presence carried on for centuries in what we now call the, now the Holy Land. But Paul considered even them as part of God's creation and kingdom. Paul wrote similar words in his letter to the Galatians, chapter 3, verse 28. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Paul expresses these facts in a spirit of thanksgiving. And that we are called to do as well. Christ excludes no one from God's healing and forgiveness and love. Oh, every generation has witnessed a segment of the population, some even still call themselves Christians, 
who seem to be threatened by these words. They are afraid of what comes directly from the gospel message. They either ignore these words of Paul or reinterpret them to fit their own thoughts and fears. Even today, many do want their children to be taught about the struggles our sisters and brothers have experienced because of the color of their skin. They want to ignore how history gives context to the challenges we all face today and to accept that we can all be one in Christ Jesus. We are challenged to live out a life of thanksgiving to God by making it possible for all to experience the oneness that God wills. We can demonstrate such thankfulness by the way we relate to people of various cultures and races. Those 30 or 40 people that gathered our house for Thanksgiving many years ago, some were people of color. My parents invited foreign students of different races who could not go home for the holiday to be with us. That happened 70 years ago, and I still remember it. And I'm thankful to my parents for, for that witness to their faith with their actions. Finally, this coming week is an occasion to thank God for Jesus Christ himself. Paul reminds us that Christ is the physical image of the invisible God. In him, Christ, all things hold together. In him, the fullness of God is pleased to dwell. Jesus existed. He was a real human being. He walked this earth. Gnosticism was one of the belief systems circulating throughout a fairly expansive area of the Middle East, even into Greece. Followers claimed to believe in Christ, but not as one who was a true human being. His nature was purely spiritual. They claimed that Jesus did not leave any footprints. This approach was tempting for some to follow. Early Christians and others still struggle to comprehend all that following Christ means, as you and I do as well. Jesus faced the fears and prejudices of his day, as would, any, as would any human being. His word offended many. He was not always popular with some. He threatened them. We can be thankful to God for Christ's example and witness. We can be thankful for the sacrifice he made on our behalf. Now We can express this fullness in numerous ways. Let me suggest just one. I have driven through a community not far from here, and I have seen an eye-catching yard sign, and all it says, be the church. Be the church. The church in general, and ours in particular, can take this as a challenge, a faith-filled challenge. That does not give us some kind of cookie-cutter pattern, but God can see that we are thankful for all God has done for us by being the church, wherever we are or might go. And that's a unique challenge for us, too. As we worship online, as well as in person, there are more of you, as a matter of fact, sitting at a screen at your home this morning than are sitting here in the sanctuary. You are more than just spectators. We know this because of the conversations and stories you have shared with us. This is a new journey for all of us. It needs to be taken seriously prayerfully and carefully. In response to this concern, Dr. Palmer wrote in a report, whenever disruptive change happens in the church life, people naturally long to go back to what we once had. And then he continues, 
The bishop in our East Ohio conference at the start of my ministry once made a very insightful remark about that. Bishop Thomas observed that in the Bible, God never calls people to go back. God is always calling people to move forward. May this be, this Thanksgiving, be an opportunity to again thank God by demonstrating our love for God's creation, by accepting Christ's call to be agents of reconciliation, and by accepting the challenge to be the church wherever we are sitting this morning. Let us pray. Gracious God, in the midst of gatherings with families and friends, help us to remember to direct our minds and spirits to you in thanksgiving and praise. You have created this marvelous earth, this universe about which we know so little, and even though we feel so small and insignificant, you still know and love each one of us. Thank you, God. In your love for us, O oh God, even though we have let you down in so many ways, you still will be there for us and with one with each other, where efforts to achieve reconciliation and peace always seem to fall short. We know you do not give up on us. Thank you, God. And the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, sometimes seems to be so overwhelming. It's easy for us to forget that your son's sacrifice for us makes all the difference. Yes, all the difference for us. Help us find ways to honor that love as we look to the church as an earthly embodiment and service to you. Thank you, God. And in the midst of our remembering all that, all that Thanksgiving means for us, may we look to those who are in need of love and support and caring. We pray particularly this morning for Morgan and Gail Kloss, David Palmer, Nikki Heiser, the family and friends of Sue Hassler, we offer our prayers to those serving you through the Granger United Methodist Church. May our prayers of thanksgiving be more than just words. Guide us in ways that we can give of ourselves by service to those in need, be they neighbors or citizens of our nation or nations beyond us. Help us to live lives in a spirit of love and thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the United Methodist Church of Kent Sermon Podcast. For more information about the church, visit www.kentmethodist.org.